0: What Schema Matters? Hello, this is the Knowledge Panel Show, uh, episode two. I'm Dixon Jones, CEO of inlinks.net, uh, and my producer is here, David Dane of Cost and Cred. Um, how are you today, David? I'm very well, thanks
1: indeed, Dixon, and um, all the happier for joining such a wonderful panel of experts talking about schema today
0: going to be great um and if anybody wants to ask questions by the way um please do how where are we streaming and when can people ask questions sure well
1: we're streaming in three different places at the moment we're streaming all on the inlinks channels on youtube on facebook and on twitter so um wherever you're watching please add your views uh, ask questions if you've um, got questions and we'll try our damnedest to incorporate them as part of the conversation today
0: Okay, brilliant. And uh, today's question uh, for the knowledge panel under the microscope is what schema matters? Um, And uh, I think we've got a fantastic panel. So why don't we go from as I see them from uh, top to bottom. So, Jason, uh, why don't you introduce yourself first? Tell us who you are. Oh, right, great. Thank you very much, Dixon.
2: Lovely to see you all. A wonderful panel. Wonderful question as well. I'm Jason Barnard. Uh, I'm the Brand SERP guy. I'm obsessed by Brand SERPs, which is what appears when somebody Googles your brand name or your personal brand name. Uh, A lot of people think, I don't need to worry about that. I rank number one, so the rest of it doesn't matter. And it does. It matters because it's your business card. People look you up, whether they're about to do business with you or whether they're already doing business with you. Uh, It's also a window into your digital ecosystem. You can see where things are going wrong with your Uh, reputation and it's also a window into your content strategy so you can look at your content strategy if for example you don't have videos ranking maybe you should be looking more at your video strategy and so on and so forth so i think it's a great insight into lots of different aspects of who we are what we do and are we
0: credible okay great and Eamon, do you want to introduce yourself and say hello to the world and who you are
3: Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Iman Hamdan. So I'm a mother of two, live in U.S., uh, work for Enterprises for almost 10 years and roughly till now, trying to struggle to push all SEO or organic uh, um, uh, tactics and that's it. <laughs>
0: uh, through Yahoo, right?
3: Yeah. For Yahoo now. Yeah.
0: We'll just plug the Yahoo bit because, you know, that yeah. gives you permission to do it on time.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and Martha, uh, yeah, Martha, who's been in the industry for for schema forever, tell us tell us about yourself and where you, your your business.
4: Sure. My name is Martha Van Brickel and I'm the CEO at Schema App. I'm coming to you live from Canada today. Um, And Schema App is a enterprise solution that also provides like full service schema markup. So any type of schema on any type of site. um, Give us the most complex challenge us with the hardest things and we'll sort of help you through that entire journey. And You'll get to experience a little bit of the schema app experience. Um, I'm really excited uh, to talk not just about code, which is schema markup, but how you kind of turn that into business strategy and i'm also a mom i love that i'm on lead was sort of like you know i'm also a mom and an, an avid rower so i i've been enjoying some of the summer on the water
0: My and, and and you've also got some research which we are going to dive into in a little bit as well so that's yes. that's great so before i dive into your research though um you know uh, Firstly, the, the I've got to say the event is hosted by InLinks, so if you haven't tried InLinks.net yet, please go and try it. Um, it's got a free forever version for 20 pages, and it'll create out, about schema for you and internal links and kind of work out what your entities are and uh, do some content optimization as well. So please do try that out. But before I start and before I get on to um, the research that the Martha's got, uh, if we if we ended up today without discussing one thing, um, what would it be, uh, Jason and Because uh, I don't want to I don't want our audience to go without answering the the central question: what schema matters? So, uh, Jason, go on first. What schema matters to you?
2: Well, my my big thing is the knowledge panel, and I love the title of the of the show because it. Perfectly suits what I want to talk about. Uh, Schema markup related to the knowledge panel uh, and and how important it appears to be. I mean, I've been doing lots of experiments, so uh, on events and on people and on uh, blue and yellow cartoon characters and TV shows and music groups and songs and all sorts of stuff. And sometimes I do experiments with my clients, but I try and avoid that. Um, But yeah, uh, schema markup in relation to the knowledge panel is the one thing I would really be disappointed if we missed.
0: All right, okay. Emma, what, what about
3: you? So mine is, like, you know, the interesting one, but I'm not easy to, like, you know, to deploy. It is, like, t- text-to-to-speech, like, you know. Uh, hopefully, we can discuss that. Other than that, it's, like, the basic schemas that we always deploy in the enterprises is, like, you know, the list is really basic
0: for me okay but you know what i mean text to speech is uh, is is really interesting so i, I yes. hopefully we'll have time to do that but before we get on to either of those then martha you've you've just done a whole lot of stuff around rich snippets and stuff uh maybe maybe uh, pull out a few a few pointers of the research what did, what, did, what did you do and what did you find
4: sure and, and just a little context to start so we work with with sort of all different sizes of businesses, um, from small, mid, and large, and and we've been trying to start asking ourselves the question on like how do we look at, you know, which schema should you do? What schema actually matters? <laughs> um, and and I think the 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 way to do that is to to look at the data, and you know, part of I think when I, if you were to ask me like what schema matters to start, I would say, you know, well, what, what matters to your business, right? So I think it always kind of comes back to, you know, what kind of content are you trying to get your customers to engage with? You know, who are you trying to be known for? Um, You know, it plays a little bit to, to Jason's sort of brand piece. Um, But then like, you know, again, specifically like what questions are being asked and, and how do you sort of engage and entice that? that customer in. Um, but I think what's also interesting is we we have been seeing quarter over quarter a change in sort of what rich results are performing. Um, and so if you kind of think about like what the business is and then what might be an appropriate rich result or in our question that we're always asking at Schema App is, you know, you know, is this, is this a viable strategy to get to your business outcome? And, and FAQ has been one that we've seen a lot of changes. There's been lots of conversation. Um, Marie Haynes and others, have, have we've all been observing this sort of up and down uh, with regards to FAQ throughout July and August. Um, And so we sort of asked the question of like, what's the best performing rich results? And I thought I'd share just like the top four. Um, So top four um, that we're seeing sort of uh, with regards to clicks around the click area. led by products, uh, followed by job listings, FAQ, and reviews. So a lot around e-commerce, right? So product and reviews. And we do know there's a lot of changes in reviews recently. Um, around impressions, it's a bit different. Um, reviews and FAQs leads. So reviews, FAQ, product, and job listing. Um, and then click-through rate is, is, a, is, a, is a, an, again, another mix. And, and Jason, you'll love this. Videos kind of leads, click-through rate, um, job detail, but then also FAQ and reviews. So I think it's it's just interesting because it is a mix. And the reason why FAQ is interesting is because I think it is something that is very flexible that if you know how to properly nest schema markup, um, that you can use FAQs across your, your different type of uh, content. So, just uh, more coming from Schema App around research and primary research and and sort of especially sort of building it out around FAQs. Um, Again, one of our value adds uh, as sort of like the in-house research that we perform to make sure we're using data to inform our strategies for our clients. OK,
0: amazing. Uh, well, I've, I've just found out that the uh, the questions from Facebook appear on my screen, which is absolutely amazing because I'm nowhere near Facebook right now. So Chris Labatt's on. Uh, hi, Chris again. Uh, and, and he's just jumped in on, on Iman's point. Uh, is Speakable Schema still valid? I heard that Google deprecated the type. Um, I was looking at the uh, the um, Google Schema page um, today and it seemed to be there. So uh, it seems to be there. So a uh, good chance to jump in and I'll go and get a link to the uh, to the Google page I was looking at.
4: So it has. Uh, I haven't seen it deprecated. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll on. I, I think the thing that's interesting is that last May, so May 2019, uh, Google released how to and FAQ, um, and. You know, it's interesting when, and you also can look at kind of question and answer, which is a bit different from like um, um, QA page, which is a bit different from FAQ. But this is sort of asking people to structure their content in a question and answer format or in a process, right? So how to um, is sort of when there's a different process. So where Speakable first came out, um, you know, you're it was sort of like specifically to highlight areas within larger bits of text that you wanted to be used for, for voice assistance. Um, but then in May, they said voice assistance would be reading all schema. And then they gave you this, I'll say, like, easier way um, without using um, XPath to call out question and answer. So, I would say, like, we haven't seen it come out of beta for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. It's still very focused just on sort of news and media um, type of sites. I would say sort of they might be seeing the same value of the structure coming from FAQ, and so maybe it's less important. That would be my Martha opinion on it. So,
0: and so uh, is anyone seeing, you know, uh, text to speech coming out when I, I don't use OK Google, I don't use Alexa and I don't use uh, whatever, whatever Cortana or or whatever. the, the I, I hate them. I hate them all. Uh, I'm sure it's going to I'm sure it's going to come back to me. But, you know, is Google is Google reading out the text on pages? very well on phones?
2: Well, I've had a client and we actually a very kind of corporate, big B2B company. uh, And we actually got quite a few with the feature snippets, we got quite a few text reading out. And I agree, I mean, I tend not to use OK Google or whatever it would be. Uh, And I used it for them to test it out. And and we were quite successful just with FAQs. So I think maybe Martha's right. But as you said, it's still on that uh, developers page. And it just says beta
0: uh okay so it's not deprecated so much as it's in beta okay
2: but then it wasn't can
4: can i bring up a related but different experience that i think is interesting so i don't know if anyone else has seen sort of where you search for something and then in the actual you know page they've highlighted in yellow sort of a portion of the page and so there's there's for sure some natural language processing going on where they're extracting phrases within the content already without Speakable that is then enhancing that search experience even with, you know, I'll say like yellow highlight on the page after it shows you that result. Um, And that's from the featured snippet. So I I would say like there's things going on that sort of mimic Speakable, um, but in sort of, I'll say generic search results.
3: Yeah, I I mean they mentioned that in the guidelines so in order to help us, help that kind of uh, um you know that kind of schema to be held up by that kind of uh, to 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 um, like 20 second of that kind of content to be speakable. So I didn't test it but it's just like you know it's really interesting to, to see that but as um, as you mentioned it's supposed to be highlighted or like you know it's supposed to be like you know cleared enough to be picked up. So I don't know
2: <laughs> uh, uh, oh, sorry, just to come back to what Martha was saying, it's something I find really interesting. With On my podcast, I interviewed Ali Alvi, who's the Q&A, which is what uh, Bing called the Feature Snippet. Uh, and he was basically saying that the Feature Snippet uh, is... Uh, runs on the uh, with, along the same lines with the same algorithms as the snippets under the blue links. The snippets under the blue links are not part of the same algorithm as the blue link ranking algorithm, which is incredibly interesting. And the feature snippet is called a feature snippet because it's a snippet that's featured, which is brilliant. Uh, yes. And he was saying what they do is they go through the entire page and they summarize it, which is why Google now now saying, oh, please do write your meta descriptions because it helps them confirm their summary is correct if your meta descriptions are written honestly. But they summarize the page, and then they try and guess what the implicit question is that that page answers. In which case, they can then match the question the person answers uh, ask sorry to the the implicit question the document answers from their own summary. Using for uh, Bing, it's Turing, uh, and for uh, Google, it's BERT. There you go.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that that summarizing the page, I think, is really. Well, obviously, that's that's where InLinks kind of comes in because it right. tries to read the entities that are on that page. So, it runs an NLP program and pulls out the the entities that are on the page, uh, and then we we turn that into web page schema and 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 do same as Wikipedia articles to try and show Google what 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 it's about because we know that uh, Google you know understands the concepts and the entities underlying entities in Wikipedia. So, uh, that's kind of the you know, our our thing, but it doesn't really show up in rich snippets or uh in, in feature snippets in any way, shape or form. But we do think it gives a much better understanding for Google of the underlying page and, and content. So, uh, I don't know if you disagree, Martha. You know so is web page about schema something that you use very much?
4: No, because no. <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in, and it kind of comes to my, like, you know, what is, what's important to the business? Like, what is the page actually about? And within the schema.org vocabulary, there's over, you know, 800 different classes to describe everything from, um, you know, not animals, but everything from, you know, different types of businesses to services to medical areas, finance um, concepts. Um, and so I, I really believe sort of, as you call out um, what the page is about or other things, you can do that within, inherently within that, that very specific Specific schema class. And, and so that's sort of, I'll say, like foundational to how we think at, at Schema App, which is sort of, you know, how do we use one of those most specifics? And then um, we actually do entity linking now sort of at scale um, using, again, sort of those those correct properties within that specific type. But um, but I think it's a good, web page is a good step forward. Like I think it's better than nothing as a way to start describing the topics, similar to to how Yoast, you know, does some things with their plugin. It's just, I think there's a more specific approach that you can take Um, should you have the right resources.
2: Yeah, yeah. okay. I I find Uh, comments, just coming back to your point with, uh, you know, saying, oh, this entity is in the page and here's a reference to it in Wikipedia or Wikipedia, whatever it might be. Uh, I was working with a client today on that and it's astonishing how ambiguous a lot of things that we as human beings see as very clear uh, BT EE, two companies. I was trying to look at in the, in the in the page, and for them it was incredibly obvious. And for me, I've got no idea what BT and EE mean. Uh, and actually, disambiguating must be a very strong um, and helpful signal to Google. Uh,
0: I, I actually agree, and I think that there's also you can. Um... And a human setting those up tends to make mistakes. I mean AI makes mistakes as well but um, but it's very easy to uh, I was just doing a demo just just before we came on air and uh, it was uh, it was um, aperson.com uh, and I was doing a to one and uh, and this person's name came up as an entity uh, and I said do not do not link your name this person to this entity otherwise this person is going to be coming up as a uh, as a, a national as a, as a football star instead of as a lawyer. And uh, so you've got to get those associations right if you are going to use uh, um, web page and about schema, uh, same as schema, particularly. Um, OK, we've just got Sam Gooch coming up uh, with a question. I heard FAQ markup has recently been showing up less frequently in Google SERPs. I recently added FAQ markup for some key pages, but none are showing up. Are you seeing less of these at the moment? Uh, Well, Martha, you you did the research. And you said it's going up and
4: down. (laughs) Yeah. So um, starting about July 15th through the 17th, we saw I'll say like a first decline. And I I, we've seen about three different scenarios. So one we've seen what I call the drop and loss, which means that um, it dropped on the 15th or 17th, and it it hasn't really recovered. So clicks and impressions have continued to stay low. If you're looking at Search Console and the performance report for FAQ. Um, A second scenario that we've seen is where they dropped on the 15th, um, and then they they sort of didn't drop all. All the way to the bottom, but they sort of maintained, I'll say like a less um, less frequency, but but sort of at a steady rate. Um, and that one we're seeing um, the drop and sort of maintain um, right now. Our analysis is looking at that sort of the finance area is sort of where we see we didn't see the total loss. Um, e commerce is where we saw sort of um, sort of things sort of not recover as quickly. Um, and then the third area I, I call it the drop and bounce, <laughs> which is where on the the fifteenth seventeenth it came right down. Uh, we saw it sort of recover a little bit on like the 24th, 25th of July, Um, and then we actually saw it dive bomb again on the 4th of August, and then some of them we're seeing recover. Um, and sort of within our clients, like people around the health area is where we're seeing more of this kind of drop and bounce area. Um, we are just about to start our next level analysis on it to understand, um, was it sort of the application of FAQ? So again, was it a pure FAQ page where it just had FAQ on it, or was FAQ nested sort of as part of a collection or under a blog or as part of a collection page or um, sort of Sort of where it fell in so that we can then sort of answer to our clients that question of like, okay, we're seeing this by industry, but we're also seeing the strategy imply it. So um, we'll have some answers uh, likely by the end of the week. So this, this industry
0: thing is is really interesting that, that, you know, different types of schema are, are prevalent in, in different kind of industry. I mean, obviously, that's going to be... You know, if you're going to be talking about local businesses or geographical areas yeah. or things, there's going, to, there's going to be different types of schema. Um, but uh, is, it, is it not surprising that FAQs are more likely to appear in, uh, in, uh, in, in certain industries and not others? Or do you think that's just half of the course? Or do you think there's separate algorithms targeted in industries and verticals?
4: Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure that out based on sort of what the application of FAQ is to see if that has had, you know, sort of a different lens to look at it. It just happens that we are seeing like, you know, I'll say like relatively large groups of clients in those related industries. So um, I know Marie Haynes, like often and, and Lily Ray in a lot of their analysis, they're seeing sort of groupings on on sort of the different types of industries. And so in our analysis, we're seeing something similar.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, within my kind of brand SERP collection, which is now 70,000 brands uh, every month, so I've got millions of these things, uh, I've divided it into uh, categories, and I'm seeing enormous differences in brand SERPs and also knowledge graph presence between different industries. I mean, obviously, the knowledge graph is one thing. uh, Within the music and uh, entertainment and books, um, publishing industries, a lot of knowledge graph presence, a lot less in other industries. So there is enormous differences between these verticals, I think, in any any kind of... uh, Uh, SERPs and uh, results.
0: Yeah, I guess... uh, But do we think that that's... um, uh a a active algorithm that's trying to say, right, this is an industry and therefore this kind of thing? Or do you think that's just – I guess we don't know. I guess we don't know whether uh, it's done algorithmically on purpose or a function of the kind of content that people are uh, are writing about and the the way in which they're writing. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, You talked about Event Schema then uh, a little earlier on, uh, Jason, actually. uh, And uh, uh, so you love Event Schema in uh, in, in knowledge panels – um well, tell me more about that. You, well, you might have said that before we came on air. but
2: uh, No, I actually said it live, so I, oh, I, I, can't, okay. I can no longer hide from it. Um, <laughs> the, the, what, what it said was I noticed that SEMrush got uh, into the Knowledge Graph, not because of their Wikipedia page, but through their events. I was tracking them on the Knowledge Graph API, and their events turned up a long time before they did, and then suddenly they popped in. And that was during the Bud- Budapest update that I wrote about on Search Engine Journal last year, uh, when a lot of the Knowledge Graph presence actually changed, but the, the confidence scores went right up. People went out, people came in, entities went out, entities went in. Uh, and events took a, a big a big push upwards. So I've been thinking, okay, they've done, or they've done uh, things like books and um, films, and music have been very well catalogued online traditionally by fans Uh, and a lot of other areas have not been catalogued in that way in a manner that google can actually rely on the data they're finding on things like amdb or music brains Um, and events is one example where they can start to get a grip and what? Appears to have happened is COVID. Obviously, has changed the picture completely because all these events and local business, for um, as well, we can we can probably look at that as well. COVID changed the game because they suddenly had to react and start um, making the event in the in the events in the knowledge graph much more reactive uh, to time. They're much more time sensitive. And what I've done is I created CaliCube Tuesdays, which was just an excuse to have my podcast online because I couldn't go to events to record them. Um, I've had Martha on the podcast uh, when we were at Brighton SEO, I think it was, which was absolutely amazing. That was face to face, now I have to do it online. So we do, um, I got the event, I created the event. And so what I'm now doing is creating this event it's an event series. You'll like this, Martha. Event series with lots of events in it, with people who are entities, with topics who are entities. Me, who's an entity, my company that organizes an entity, entity, and two sponsors, WordLift and SEMrush, who are also entities. And now if you look in the knowledge graph, CaliCube Tuesdays is attached to me, WordLift, SEMrush, uh, John Lincoln, Jez Schultz, Ted Rubin, Rand Fishkin, and basically I'm kind of barnacling onto all these people. Uh, and a lot of that I mean, obviously, it isn't schema markup that made it happen, but the support of schema markup is very, very, very important. The schema markup I'm putting on my site supports what I'm putting on YouTube, what I'm putting on uh, Crunchbase, LinkedIn, uh, Eventable, where else do I put it? Eventbrite, I mean, I've really gone to town on this. Uh, But it all comes back to that schema markup, I think. And if I change the schema markup, there are reactions to that change in schema markup. It works less or better. Depending on how well I've actually applied my scheme markup and how consistent I am across the whole thing. Um, and I'm obviously, Martha's looking at big, big chunks of data. I mean, this is just me and my silly podcast that happens once a week. Uh, so I've got like 15 examples. So I can't say, I love it. Well, I can't say this is how it happens, but I can say this happened mm-hmm. for me. And, and the really cool thing was, my, I got my first sprout in the knowledge graph was Ted Rubin. Uh, who isn't in the knowledge graph. So I was surprised. I thought it would be somebody like Rand Fishkin, who is. Rand Fishkin didn't get in the knowledge graph through his Caddy Tuesdays, and now he has. But the, uh, the, what happened was it took me months to get the first one, days to get the second one, one day to get the third one, five hours to get the next one, and then 10 minutes to get the last one. 10 minutes from when I posted it's amazing. When it actually appeared in the knowledge graph API and I got the sprout the the, the knowledge panel, which is astonishing. That's amazing. Sorry, I get overexcited.
4: Sorry, can I build on something, though, that you're saying, though, that I think it's just a, another tidbit fact that I find really interesting. Um, so we've had schema.org has released more releases. I think we're up like to eight or nine this calendar year, more than any other previous year. So yeah, previous years, we saw like four or five releases of schema.org. And the reason I build it on is that, like, actually we saw COVID actually change it so that they were really increasing the number of properties and ways that you could describe Your events. Um, And then the most recent release that we just saw, which um, I believe is 9.0, there's actually quite a lot about collections of products, which is kind of interesting. Mm. So, um, you know, It's not, you know, I would say it continues to accelerate. And we're, what what I think is really exciting is that, you know, during COVID, I would say, like, one of the things we've all learned is around agility and and sort of being able to change. And we're seeing a lot of that coming from the vocabulary, um, you know, in in sort of preparation for sort of the evolution of more people, more shopping, organizing, different types of events, etc.
0: Imagine do you want to jump in or just uh, just listen to the list of these guys? <laughs>
4: it is a very interesting topic. It's like you know, these uh, um,
3: content is really evaluating all the kind of schemas, but it's unfortunately I didn't have that kind of exploring in my enterprise background because it's really lack of these schemas. In order to test these things to see them, it's really not easy. Uh, uh, yeah. It's really hopeful. Uh, what are you talking about, Marta? And um, you know and this topic. But it's really awesome to have that kind of evidence replicated in through uh, FAQs or any specific articles like that. But it's really, it's really not easy to replicate it over there. No, I,
2: I, I really love, sorry, uh, I, I really love the idea. And I don't know if this is something we can actually rely on. But the idea that whatever schema markup you use is always going to be positive as long as it's accurate, yes. simply because it confirms and corroborates and gives Google confidence that it correctly understood what was in the page in the first place. And if you look back to this Ali Alvi example, they're looking at the page, they're analysing it, they're summarising it, they're pulling out chunks, putting them together to create uh, the snippets under the blue links made out of multiple parts of text from different parts of the page. And any schema markup you can give them that can corroborate and support what it is they think they've understood algorithmically, is always going to be very helpful. And the meta description example I was talking about earlier on, that also is very helpful because it's more help, more corroboration for them that their machines, or the, for the machine, that it's correctly understood. And that gives it confidence. And I, I like the idea, if the machine is confident, it will put it front and centre. If it isn't, it will try and kind of like push it down a bit because it isn't really 100% sure. Yeah. So, so Dwayne,
0: I'll uh, Dwayne, I'll get to Dwayne's try and get to Dwayne's question if we got time, but uh, just on that on that point, uh, oh there it is well I'll bring it up now I'll come back to, uh, mm-hmm. to 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 Google's guidelines at the end if we got a chance. Um, so Dwayne says, does performing NER now, is NER uh, natural entity recognition um, or natural language? Anyway, I'm going to go for natural language process. It does, does performing entity analysis, I'm guessing, shout um, if I'm wrong, on content and then annot- annotating those in structured data with about or mentions to dip- uh, d- uh, DBpedia. URI helps disambiguate those terms. So I think um, uh, rephrasing that question um, is using same as um, with about and mentions um, to help Google understand what a page is about or what the content within a page is about does if you're linking those to D, uh, dppedia urls help to disambiguate the terms um so I'll, I'll go first and i'm happy if you guys shout me down and say say no i think i think the D, uh, dppedia yes possibly but i don't think that it's as, as powerful as, as wikipedia but um I, you can use wikidata or, D, or dppedia or or um or, or wikipedia but the problem is um that uh, i think DPPedia is quite a long way behind um wikidata in terms of being seen as a, a trusted data set but i might be talking rubbish anyway i think that if they are getting it right um then it should help to disambiguate. yes martha you can disagree with me now
4: no, actually, I, I'm going to agree with you. Oh, thank um, God. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So, so we, like, way back when, like 2015, when we first started doing this, we often used uh, Wikipedia or DBpedia definitions around local business. So, defining cities, de- defining regions, like areas served for local business is a really great one. Um, or often, if you were using, um, like, additional types. So, if you want to enhance a local business type, for example, because there's no marketing or agency, you could use that as sort of an additional type. Um, and DBpedia, um, you know, one of the things that we like about DBpedia is that it's sort of a um, kind of language agnostic type of um, definition of things. And so that's actually great. So if you're actually looking for like the entity to describe it, um, where we've evolved um, kind of our thoughts on this is is sort of to also include um, Google's Knowledge Graph entity now, since that sort of like is, if it's for Google and it's their own entity, that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can use it, you know, about and mentions um, I think in our schema app live webinar last week someone was asking me the difference between those like about is a very strong connector so like this is about this topic Um, whereas mentions is a bit of a softer kind of relatedness Um, and then I'll guess the last thing I'll just add is like we are doing some testing to say like at scale what is the impact of doing this Um, but we we just kicked that off last month so we don't have enough data yet to to share on that
0: so yeah, okay. so I think uh, the I mean obviously I, I use the about a lot, but I think what's interesting about Google's NLP API is um, entity API is uh, we've got a metric uh, which we call search engine understanding, and it's it's comparing the number of the entities that we see versus the entities that Google is saying they see um, in their in their knowledge graph, uh, and it's uh, it's it's really interesting to see that um, Google it's it's picking out a lot of things with capital letters should we say which is part of a patent yeah. as well but it's not picking out concepts very well um, and it's not defining concepts so it's really good at brands it's really good at locations uh, it's really good at places with a capital uh, letter but it's not so good at picking up um, concepts that humans understand uh, as as um, uh, as specific uh entities and ideas and i think that's where um wikipedia and dppedia and uh, and same as a, a schema for for about schema it really can help yourself you know yeah so i think um, should, yeah
2: coming coming back to about and mentions i mean what martha said very i was using schema app and i was and it encourages you to say this page is about or this article is about this thing um and the idea is it's about one topic and jonah alderson says this very well, that Google like it when uh, a page is about one entity, although it's a very simplistic kind of view of the world, that it tries to get a grip on a page that talks about one topic, uh, which is fair enough in, in, in many ways. And then you can have multiple mentions, and that disambiguation that we were talking about earlier on, the multiple mentions will help to disambiguate the entities within the page and better clarify the topic. And I did an experiment with my uh, cartoon characters. And I had one page with all the cartoon characters on them. There were five yellow koalas and four blue dogs. And Google did OK. And I got them in the knowledge graph. And I was getting my features now it, it was all ter- I had my, sorry, my knowledge panels. And it was all terribly fun. And then I split them into one page each. So you have nine pages, one for each character, and then re- did all the relationships between them. This one is this one's mother, this one's mother or father or wife or husband or child. And, uh, and it actually exploded. Like we, we've multiplied the confidence score by eight by splitting oh, them down amazing. into their individual pages. So it's a page about daddy koala yeah. and it mentions mummy koala who's his significant other and that comes thats brilliant daddy koala is a fictional character and his significant other is mummy koala i i just can't get enough of that one it's so silly um and you can get the knowledge panel <laughs> with i that.
0: have to worry about worry about jason's sanity as he's sitting there yeah. doing all these relationships between uh, cartoon characters you know it's uh to, to it's be honest with
2: you literally funny. last night at three o'clock in the morning i woke up and i was worried about my sanity
0: <laughs> we will, you know. Uh, I, I so about
2: what, what,
4: what, Jason's, what Jason's building on, though, kind of relates to Duane's follow-up question, though, which is right, re- like defining the relationships between things, mm. right? Which is which is the key thing, right? So whether it be mentions and and sort of Google recently announced that it wants you to nest things and use at IDs in order to define like what are the you know where is this actual thing defined? Um, and I think you know that plays a little bit decent to what you were just saying um, around sort of you know when you connect to these things, ideally, then you're also connecting those other things so that then we understand the reverse relationships as well
2: but that also comes into uh every, every entity has its home which is kind of what these characters come down to and my experience uh, dixon we were talking about wikipedia a while ago and i had my super Wiki, wikipedia page and i uh, in, we say in french which means i went yan yeah yeah nya to you which was very unfair of me and then i talked about it again to craig campbell on his show and the wikipedians just wiped all my pages off they wiped off my page the blue dog, the yellow koala, and my uh, folk punk group. And I thought that entire knowledge graph presence would collapse. And in fact, the knowledge graph presence has improved. I now have control over what's being said about all these entities, except my own. And mine has completely collapsed in a heap because I moved the schema markup from my homepage to a page within the site. I moved my home and Google just freaked out and dropped it and created a new entity within 24 hours, which I find it's got persistent memory. Once it's got you in there, you will just keep popping back whether you want to or not. Uh, And what I find interesting is that is Wikipedia, whatever the rights and wrongs of what happened is, it was me who messed it up at the end of the day because I moved my schema markup in an attempt to improve things. Uh, So I think coming back to the beginning of all that is, find a home for your entity and stick to it
4: which, which comes to the question of what schema matters and it's like the <laughs> things that describe the, the the things that are important to you and your business right so and depending Brilliant. on what kind of business or person you are it's still those things right so um i don't know i'm a i always kind of come back to like it's about business strategy of like what's actually important to your business and then how do you make sure that those things are being found and understood and then how do you you know see if you can get rich results for those as well
2: right i just realized I'm mistake i'm making yellow dogs and uh, blue dogs and yellow koalas are not important to my business but i'm spending lots of time on them which is which is why
0: <laughs> which is back to the sanity question i feel i feel we're cutting you out of the conversation there is yeah. happy happy or anything you want yeah. to dive in and say it's-
3: so I'm listening to them to include like to have more experience in these stuff. But anyhow, just like talking about these, um, you know, schema markups is very important and having them really strategically in, uh, uh, in such companies like Yahoo or some other enterprises is really important, but they deprioritize these stuff because it's like, you know, they have much more uh, like, you know, new products or releases to have to be uh, deployed more than that kind of things so that's to make them understand. But, you know, adding to these, you know, topics that you're discussing, guys, uh, having these analysis by numbers, that would be helped to justify these, uh, like, you know, by case studies, uh, each one of them. But, uh, you know, to show these cases for that kind of uh, uh peoples that will helpful a lot to, because you know uh, to build up uh in these cases and estimate or like you know to show them that kind of cases with no numbers they will not accept these projects just from my standpoints mm-hmm. but you know uh showing the case like you know knowledge craft or uh or having any specific schemas over there it's really not important for them as much as like you know having revenue so um, yeah hopefully
0: with- hopefully uh, things like this will start to to help uh, companies realize that there is a direct correlation between paying attention to the schema and revenue. Uh, and I guess that's our job to uh, to build that market up. Um, so uh, right, I want to leave with one question, uh, if that's okay. Um, and that is uh, Google guidelines. They say, and I'm going to quote from the Google guidelines page on all the schema stuff. So that, that, that page, should, uh, if, if it hasn't come up in, in notes or, or anywhere, I'll put it up in an article afterwards, um, where, where Google's you know, is supporting actively supporting some kind of schema, but they're just being very quiet about other ones. I think really. Um, but Google guidelines say you must follow these guidelines for your app to be eligible to appear as a rich result. That's kind of on on every single um, one of almost every single one of the uh, the, the pages of schema that they're supporting. Uh, warning: If your site violates one or more of these guidelines, then Google may take manual action against it. Once you've been remedied re- remedied the problems, you can submit your site for reconsideration. So my question to you is. Um, um, why does Google feel that the need to penalize people for bad schema? Eman, hey, do you want to go first on that?
3: So I believe that the misuse of that, as uh, the one I knew. It's like the duplicative schemas, like, you know, of having the same entity, uh, same uh, bad directions. That's I believe it's going to be a penalized to it. That has been tested and seen because it's like, rec- you know, you're misleading the the search and misleading yep. the people to the same content, which is the duplicate thing. So that's what I tested, and I don't like it's. I've seen it's been penalized these pages and de ranking them.
0: Yeah, and when when we had um, uh, when I was in my majestic time when we had a score for every single domain we wanted to put that in a sort of review schema and john will told me that would be a very dangerous thing for us to do because it was automating reviews uh, which would be a bad idea but any 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 other reasons why you know jason or, or martha why uh, uh it's the the guidelines are so you know hot
4: what oh i think Go
0: ahead, Jason. uh, I
4: was
2: literally just going to say, you know, I mean, obviously kind of people do it to get those rich results uh, and get the little products and in stock and uh, the stars and all that stuff. And everybody thinks, oh, I'll cheat on that and I'll get away with it. And then all they see their um, competitors cheating and they think, oh, why don't I cheat? And then they do. uh, And that becomes an increasingly big problem for Google. I actually had a client who got slammed for, uh, pretending that local businesses were products uh, and it worked for them for a year. Uh, and the penalty was actually just they removed the the, the rich snippets uh, and then as soon as they sorted it out or I sorted it out for them, it came back. So, in fact, the penalty wasn't so much a penalty as taking away something we shouldn't have had in the first place.
4: Yeah, so I'm seeing not as many penalties, maybe it's because we we build good schema, but um, um, previously we saw a lot of penalties around ratings and reviews and a lot of it was spammy, right? So people trying to, I'll say like force the rating on however and as many pages as possible. And so I think, you know, the the change we saw in the um, reviews, especially for local business um, and around blogs and news articles and so forth, um, really kind of self-corrected that one. I, I think the other reason why people do it plays to what Iman's been talking about, Especially in enterprise, like it's actually hard to make changes to content. And Jason, you said something at the beginning of this podcast that um, that really is one of my favorite things as well, which is you know like schema markup can help inform content strategy. And so I think people will sometimes be like, oh, I really really want to get that rich result, like yeah. I can't make the change to the content yet, so I'm just going to put the schema markup on there and like hope to goodness <laughs> that, change it right like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, when when in fact like schema markup is a whole process where you can identify opportunities for rich yeah. results, but actually then means like actually going back and revisiting your content and, and sort of thinking about how your content needs to change making that change to content and then capitalizing on the rich result and so i think it's you know it's why schema app exists like we help people with that whole process and and help them sort of you know work with what they have today and then evolve it but i think it's hard um to, to Iman's earlier point
2: right I, I, the the coming back to that i mean what i realized i started doing an entity-based content model with uh, Wordlift using their application around my podcast and the idea was, so okay, the podcast or the podcast series is an entity. The podcast is, a, each podcast episode is an entity. I'm an entity. The guest is an entity. The topic is an entity. We join all that together with relationships and we push the entire thing forward. And the first thing that struck me was how very badly organized it was in my own head and how much uh, wordless schema markup forced me to think it through. They were saying, how are we going to mark this up? How are we going to organise it? And that forced me to think it through. And it actually changed the course of the podcast, the way I was organising it, the way I was developing it, because it made me think in a much more structured and logical manner. And I think, uh, and obviously I would say this, it's made it better. I think the podcast is better now than it was a year ago.
0: So do listen okay. to it. Sorry, that was my option for <laughs> <to develop> promotion. <laughs> okay, guys, I think we're, we're, we're nearly out of time. David, are there any burning questions I haven't asked or uh, or, or, or are we okay on You know,
1: on time. I think we're fairly okay for um, questions. There's there's, there's a couple of questions. Um, There's one from Greg saying, I've used schema for local businesses. Occasionally, a blog post will get lots of love from Google and spread nationwide. The byproduct has been a very high bounce rate. Um, Do you have a way to mitigate this?
2: Well, I mean, I would say say, obviously. That's just
0: Google got it wrong then.
2: Yeah. I mean, if Google's putting it out there, Google would be saying, we feel that this is valuable for the client, our client, their client, in the context they find themselves. And yeah, they're getting it wrong. Uh, But presumably what will then happen is they will see that, that, that this answer, because it's not local to the person who's saying it, is not satisfying them and will then remove it. That's the theory behind it. But I mean, from Greg's point of view, if it's local business, if people are coming in uh, to the to the site, looking at the content and saying this actually isn't interesting, the fact they're bouncing out is logical and it isn't necessarily, or it isn't a problem. Uh, he, he just needs to make sure that the people who are in the area are seeing that that content is relevant to them, focus on them, and don't think, oh, all this traffic's coming in, I've got to try and please everybody, because the people who aren't in that local area are not going to be well served by that. Uh, business so you're wasting your time
0: cool okay guys uh david what's our next show so that's pretty much uh everything we've got time for um uh what's what's our next show we got another one next month um i can't remember the date first monday of the month are we going for Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: We're going to be looking into AI and SEO and how that ties together. Um, so that's going to be broadcasting live on the InLinks Facebook page, on the InLinks YouTube channel, and of course the InLinks um, Twitter handle as well. Um, so as soon as that gets scheduled, and uh, that'll be up there and hopefully you can subscribe and watch us live there.
0: Uh, and if you guys want to find out where all those links are, if you go to the InLinks blog and type in the Knowledge Panel Show, um, we're going to sort of – we'll put the recording of this up there. We'll put previous recordings up there. And also, if you want to be notified of future um, events and stuff, then uh, there'll be a web form up there as well. So everything you want to do. And if you think that you've got something that you want to be on a panel for, then, you know, probably you can ask there as well. So uh, pop into the Knowledge Panel Show at uh, the InLinks blog, and, uh, and you should be able to find it uh so i'm going to say uh thanks very much for everybody for coming along that's been an absolutely storming show uh i i, I guess it would be and a, a brilliant brilliant um, panel as well um if people want to know more about you um maybe sort of sign off by by saying you know how how do they find more about you where can they get hold of you um martha do you want to go first
4: Sure. So you can come to our website, www.schemaapp.com. Um, I'm also pretty active on Twitter under at Martha Van Burkle. Or um, if you want to have a conversation and connect, you can connect with me right. on LinkedIn. Iman?
3: Yeah, you can connect with me at LinkedIn too. But it's like, you know, as Iman Hamdan, So that's the only social I have.
0: Yeah. Which is uh, which is apparently I pronounce wrong every single time. But anyway, we're going to carry on going there. <laughs> uh, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you can find
2: me on Twitter, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, you can find me on CaliCube.pro if anyone wants to submit their brand to be tracked by CaliCube, we track them for free, we've got 75,000 brands that we're tracking, uh, aim for us is to figure out kind of how brand subs work, how to get into the knowledge graph. And I'd just like to say to end that, uh, if the future is entity based search, being recognised an entity and being in the knowledge graph is the be all on end also start
0: now. Very good. If anybody wants to have a demo of InLinks, go for D nine, the number nine slash thirty, and that would be my Zoom calendar. And you're uh, welcome to uh, hook up with me. Um, and it just leaves me to say thank you, David, for uh, my production team. Uh, otherwise, I'd have made a mess of it many a times. Thank Martha. Thank you, Emman, and thank you, Jason. Um, and hopefully, see you all next uh, next uh, month. Cheers.